Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fast Charge, the weekly smartphone podcast from the team here at TechAdvisor. I am your host, Dom. Uh, in slightly novel surroundings, I'm at my parents' house. I spent the last 10 minutes battling with headphones and lighting and moving shades in different directions and <laughs> dialing up dimmer switches to try and get something that approximates normal human lighting conditions to shoot this with. Uh, so apologize for the glaring lights behind me. This is honestly Hello. the best I could get in the circumstances. Uh, luckily, Hello. better lit than me, we I have, uh, as ever, Toddy. It's pretty terrible in here. Yeah, And I'm at the mercy uh, of someone. And Jim, so our, our editor, is also joining us for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah mm. well that's the problem i have i have sunlight i've blocked out as much of the sunlight as i can but it may well then still shift to the little bits coming through the cracks um we are obviously going to talk about apple today this week saw apple <laughs> hold its march <laughs> launch event with a host of new products including an actual new ish iphone uh which we will get to very soon it is to the point of sadness, I have to note, we do not have Lewis with us today. Uh, it is an Apple special, and he is our Apple guy. But sadly, uh, as late as two hours ago, he he fell sick, which is why Jim has joined us in a, in a slight panic as we scouted around to see who else could uh, yeah, exactly. sit here and listen to me rant about Tuck the SE yeah. while trying to keep a straight face. <laughs> um, it, it was a big day for him. It was a lot, a lot for one man to take. <laughs> uh, so we will be talking about everything Apple before that let's round through some other bits because although no one else held any really big launches this week there have been some other bits and pieces that are worth discussing looking ahead so first up uh, Xiaomi has finally confirmed when we are going to see the Xiaomi 12 series launch worldwide they are coming next Tuesday the 15th of March um, just for those keeping count, that is by a long way not the first Snapdragon 8 Gen 1 phones in the West. Uh, they were also not the first Snapdragon 8 Gen 1 phones in China. <laughs> so when they said proudly that they would premiere the Snapdragon 8 Gen 1, I honestly do not know what they were smoking. But uh, we are getting the Xiaomi 12s worldwide next Tuesday. Um, I'm expecting to see the same phones as the Chinese launch. So that would be the 12, the 12 Pro and the 12X. But you never know. We might get surprised. So look out for that. We will, of course, be talking about that on next week's show. Um, another launch we have had, this was actually today, the Realme 9 5G and 9 5G SE have launched in India, just in India as far as we're aware so far. We're not sure if they have wider launch plans than that. Uh, these join the 9i, the 9 Pro, and the 9 Pro Plus. So we've now got five phones in the series. Um, these are... Weirdly positioned, the 9 5G is kind of the standard entry in the series. We're not sure if there's going to be a 4G 9 or not, but for the moment, it looks like this might be the standard model. And it's a bit pricier than the 9i, but a bit below the 9 Pro, Oof. and that all makes sense. Oof. The 5G SE wow. is a slightly funny one. The SE stands for Speed Edition, which, wow, I love it. Um, it's actually a little bit more expensive than the 9 Pro and comes with a faster chipset, because it's got the Snapdragon 778G, and it has a 144 hertz display. So, hence speed, fast chipset, fast display. Um, so this is, in a way, a little more powerful than the 9 Pro, but the camera doesn't look to be as good I on paper. So that's kind of where this sits. This is a slightly more, I guess, performance-oriented uh, like take on that line. How many clamoring for the specific subset of features that the 9 can't meet? They have so many devices. It just seems like it's, it's, they're overcomplicating things right now with this range. Oh, totally. I mean, do you want to know, I didn't even mention the weirdest thing actually about these launches, which is the 9 5G is the 8 5G, but they just changed the chipset. Um, they've upgraded the chipset, but if you look at them side by side, they are the same phone. They have the same design, the same cameras, all the other specs, chassis size, everything is exactly the same. They did this in China. Uh, they, it even the, ships with Android 11, like the 8.5G did. They just changed the chipset to a, to a more Neo recent dimensity. It was um, the original Neo, but it came out around the time of the GT Neo 2. But with better software support. It's very strange. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. 
it's impossible to keep track of this stuff. But yeah, anyway, so two more Realme 9 phones. India so far, maybe coming elsewhere. We're not sure yet. The 9 5G doesn't look very exciting because you could just buy the 8 5G and, you know, the chipset's a bit different. But um, but the 5G SE, I think, to be fair, I don't know that you'll find a cheaper yeah. phone with a Snapdragon 778 or with a 144 hertz display. So if that sounds appealing, I can see maybe, this having a space. Maybe. Um, another phone coming up, we hope, we think, maybe, the Nothing phone. We spoke last week that it had been rumored, yeah, and now nothing has confirmed it has an event on the 23rd of March where it will be uh, partly it's a, it's a funding thing. They're, they're taking in another round of funding, but also they are going to reveal their product roadmap for the year. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'll be honest. I don't think they're about to announce a phone. Uh, I think they probably are working on one, and we've had yet more uh, stuff pointing towards that because an image has come out from MWC of... Uh, founder Carl Pei standing next to Qualcomm's Cristiano Ramon holding a phone. Um, it could be any phone, really, and it's in a case you can't see anything. But it does stand to reason that this might be a nothing phone prototype that he has shown to Cristiano. Even They'd be if it hyping is, it up more, wouldn't they? the fact they that they're just talking about a product roadmap yes. launch yeah, doesn't I, sound I to me like they're about excited. to unveil the... a specific product in detail. Yeah. 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 Think. Think about how much we heard about the nothing year ones before they actually announced a roadmap them. Isn't that you know, common, even through official channels, they tease them so much. So I can only assume that, that we're going to see a, a timeline and it's going to have silhouetted products. So it'll be like a phone, a mm. tablet, but like no idea what they look like or what they'll like. There's no pictures. That's the only way they're going to do this. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah. <laughs> I think Maybe that's exactly it. it. Yeah. So they may well confirm that a phone is on the way, if it is. <laughs> yeah. But that's all it they'll tell us. Yeah. That, that, that's yes. what I would expect. If, effectively, they're or, or sort of one single spec. It'll be an HN one phone, something like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Which is actually very <laughs> OnePlus, if you think about how, like, the Nord range, like, the Instagram yes, for the Nord exactly. account features but, trickled yeah, out. Yeah, 23rd March. And they've done that for years, actually. It's like very OnePlus. Yeah, must be. It's always been the OnePlus yeah. model, and and I think it it looks safe to say that the marketing team from one some of those marketing teams seem to be among the people that jumped to nothing, uh, or it was always how Carl Pei liked to do it. Uh, but in any case, nothing event coming on March twenty third, and we will find out more of what they have in store at that point. Um, another interesting change this week: Android twelve L is now official. Google sort of reintroduced Android twelve L to the world, and it seems like it's out of beta. The funny thing about that is there's still no device you can get it on. This is the version of Android that's designed for tablets and foldables. Uh, it's you know been running through a couple beta versions, but now it seems to be public and final, but there's no devices. In a blog post, Google says that it will appear on devices from Samsung, Lenovo, and Microsoft later this year. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean new devices. It could just mean partnerships with those companies to push, you know, updates to their existing hardware, like the Tab S8s from from Samsung, or obviously the foldables. Um, it's also not. There's no mention of the Pixel Fold that we're hoping Google is is working on. They, there's no tease that they have their own hardware with this on the way, or an, or a new Pixel tablet for that matter. And also you'll note that there's a lot of manufacturers who make tablets and the like that are not included on that list of three names. So we'll see how widespread adoption becomes. But yeah, we're hopefully going to see improved tablet Android within the year, which is long overdue. And final little bit is less something that is coming and more something that isn't. Um, Nokia, or rather HMD Global, who make the Nokia phones, have pretty much confirmed they're just not making flagships Probably and for the best. don't really intend to. So if you are holding up hope for one, I would mm. put that hope to bed. Um, Adam Ferguson, <laughs> probably for the best. I mean, I think that's how they see it. So it was a quote uh, from Adam Ferguson, their head of product marketing, who was talking to Android Authority and said, making an $800 <laughs> phone doesn't make sense for us at the moment. That's it. Just so maybe phones. that means they're making $1,200 phones and they're going to make <laughs> yeah. super flagships. Yeah. Straight in with a high-end two-grand foldable device from Nokia. 
uh yeah i wouldn't get your hopes up so i think that this is kind of the writing on the wall we knew this but i think it's 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 official now but if you were uh, all those rumors for these these different nokia flagships that people thought might be on the way i think i think the last one we Rough had was the nokia 9 pure view that was the last real flagship yeah it's super old hardware and i'm gonna be honest that was probably a flagship to put anyone off flagships yeah, it didn't have like four or five <laughs> I mean, cameras on the back even if you bought that you'd probably swear off flagship phones afterwards yes, yes, it had, yes that was it i yes. think if i'm getting it right it had five sensors Those five strange. cameras but they were all the same sensor and it was they were arranged in a ring it was very ugly it yeah. apparently didn't work very well we never used one but that's because i think by the time, I mean, I used one at a, at a pre-brief event, but yeah, they yeah, never gave us one to review to because review they, I think, I think Nokia realized it had a dud happened. and they didn't even send many out to press to, to try. We, we kept trying to get hold of one and couldn't. <laughs> yeah. And uh, they did not like it. So no, no more Nokia flagships. But the good news is they are making <laughs> pretty solid mid-range phones. Unlike <laughs> a certain someone. Uh, Apple held its event this week. We are going to get to to everything that, that launched. The big launch as well. The the yeah. new the 2020, 2020 iPhone SE or the iPhone SE three, if you prefer. I think Apple just calls it iPhone SE. Um, yeah, new new with heavy quote marks around. Yeah. Uh, an, an an updated iPad Air, which is a little bit more exciting, and the genuinely new Mac Studio. We'll talk a little bit of the studio at the end, but I think really our focus is going to be the iPhone and the iPad. Before that, a couple other little bits and pieces, because Apple always has a, a, a range of stuff at these events. Um, I think, in a way, the, the the big one is the new green finishes for the iPhone 13 series. And it is finishes. I love I love that <laughs> Apple made a point of saying they were introducing two colors. And what they then showed were two identical shades of green. One's Alpine. <laughs> so the 13 Pro one for the 13 and, and 13 Mini, and one for the Pro and Pro Max, which is actually not identical. I mean, I haven't I haven't seen them in the flesh. God damn. But, uh, but it's a little Get bit your lighter. Out. It's a little bit lighter. It's and so the close. 13 and 13 <laughs> Mini come in green, just just green, nothing else, not Alpine green, just green. To me, it looks like. A bit like military green, like a khaki. Well, maybe not khaki, okay. but olive you know, drab. Perhaps? Olive, maybe olive green. Uh, <laughs> it's strange that they just called it green. I mean, they'll sell like hotcakes. Mm. I'm sure everyone was saying, "Oh yes, I could really, I'd, I'd really have one of those." I'm sure that when the pre-orders go up uh, tomorrow, mm. people will be, you know, clicking away, buying away, and then picking them up next Friday. Yeah. Yeah, preference <laughs> if if there is one. They are a nice shade of green. I, I, I'll, I'll give them that. You know, for, for all of my teasing that it's the same the same color, which it is. But um, it's a nice I'd green. I want to see it in the flesh I, first I like before I choose. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you, you can't really I would choose very happy because have either of those, you, those you, greens. You know, if and you I want think, a Pro or Pro Max, you have to have Alpine green. Otherwise, yeah. you get the other one. But maybe if you were literally choosing the color, then you go and have a look. Then buy what yeah. you mm-hmm. buy what you want. I, I think finish alone, the dynamism of the frosted back on the pro models means that the Alpine green, I think, will have a, ni- a nicer luster, like a nicer overall look. Yeah, uh, it is then different, kind of isn't it? Flatter, darker green on yeah. the on the regular thirteen. Um, yeah, I, I think mean, it might be right. also reminds me of the iPhone 11 signature mm. color, the 11 series or the pros. Anyway, they had that similar kind of for I think it was forest green was the name, right? So this is yes, I think so. Clearly inspired by two yes. generations old iPhone colors. Mm. Well, I'm glad they brought it back, even if it is for the the half step release. Because yeah, I had thought that green was very nice, and I had thought it was a shame that they took the green out of the main the lineup. Purple. There's no purple. So really did like yeah, purple I think it's nice. I like green phones. Yeah, I like green tech. Twelve, in yeah, and that was lovely. Really nice. Yeah, the twelve got the purple midway through the year. Really That's. The iPhone I have is is one of the, yeah, the hey, purple twelves, and it is it is lovely. Big big <laughs> fan of that. Um, so 
Yeah, new color of an iPhone. That's nice. The other um, little announcement Apple made is that Apple TV Plus is now going to show baseball on Friday nights. Uh, Cue everyone else outside of America tuning out of the stream for about 60 seconds. Because of all the American sports, like baseball must be the series. one with the like least the watching, appeal surely. outside of the US and, and Japan and a couple of the bits of Asia, I think. But yes. <laughs> the whole world, the whole world of the United States of America. Um, I, I mean, I think even most of the Americans we were chatting yeah. to, our colleagues weren't particularly excited by baseball and Apple TV+. Plus. But I think it is one of those yeah. interesting things That's to see. That's the point here, isn't We're it, seeing right? lots of yeah. streaming As services look intent, to live sports as the next way to, more to claim their bit of, of, the, of the streaming crown. Sports like this is, I think, what's more telling. Yeah. 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 And, you know, for the right person, this will be an absolute ban. Well, now I have to get Apple TV+. Plus. Because it's got it's got MLB on it, you know, and that's the, that's the power like of those sports things. Once you have that license to some people, suddenly you're a must buy, and they just feel the need to be subscribed. It's like sports packages are expensive. If you're just watching oh, just right. football or just have one, like so, wrapping it into is it Apple TV Plus? You said it's part of that, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's part of the. <laughs> sure, I think sure. it's two games still, every Friday like, night. I imagine there is a lot more baseball smart. that goes yeah. on in the MLB than two games a week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's something. And it's a, it's, a, it's a statement of intent from them that they're A, still committed to Apple TV and B, committed to, to expanding what it does and, and trying new things with it rather than just uh, throwing more bad money Oof. at filmmakers to make, kind yeah. of, you know, their like mid-tier work. Yeah, that is that it's is kind so of true. true. They're very good at getting incredible people to make Apple all right content. Exclusive, but I don't know if they're all bangers. Yeah. Well, exactly. They got you know he's one of the biggest movie stars in the world, and no one seems to love the stuff he does for Apple TV. It's I don't know. I think they actually have that funny problem. I don't know enough about their inner workings, but I imagine it's that whole thing where actually sometimes studio constraints are really good. And I wonder if they've been a bit too much of just handing yeah. money to creatives and being like, do whatever you want for us. Like, it's cool. Make whatever show you want to make. But the problem is actually, you know, even the best filmmakers and TV makers sure. around do sometimes need someone to step in and rein yeah. them in a bit. And actually those constraints do tend to improve things to, to a point. Studio interference is, you know, a problem yeah. in other ways. The but that I wonder if Apple's been a bit too keen to just yeah. hurl money at people. Yeah. And not I like the bumpers when I'm bowling. I like the bumpers. <laughs> Helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> All right. Let's turn to the big one for today, which is the iPhone. <laughs> Another SE. mini iPhone. Um, yay! <laughs> Hooray! <laughs> My least favorite mid-ranger of 2020 has returned from the dead. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'll be open. I, I reviewed the 2020 iPhone SE. I was very critical at the time. Uh, I gave it three and a half stars and felt like I was being quite generous to do so. Um, I, I think it it has some clear strengths. Performance is the obvious one, having the latest chip, and then things like wireless charging and waterproofing that not many other phones at that price point tended to offer. But I think almost everything else about it was a miss. Um, and they've kind of just repeated the trick again this time, except it's worse because things like the old design and the old display are even older now than they used to be. And other things like the camera is, is going to be falling even further behind. Whereas camera was yeah. a strength two years ago. I can't see that it will be that way this time around from what we've seen. Um, so, yeah, this is an updated iPhone SE. They're, they're kind of they're, they're cheap phone, but they have kept the exact same design. That is uh, the same design as the 2020 model, which in turn was the exact same design as 2017's iPhone 8. And so that's at a minimum five years old. The iPhone 8 actually has basically the same chassis as the iPhone 6. There are some design tweaks between those, but broadly, the the chassis and everything was the same. That was 2014, I think. So if you want to be really unfair, this is really an eight-year-old design that they're bringing out here. What I find funny about that is that one of the key strengths people tend to highlight with the SE compared to Android rivals is the the longevity. You know, it's got the latest chip and it's going to have Apple software support for five or six years, almost guaranteed. 
and that's great and that means if you buy it now it'll last a lot longer than an equivalent android in theory but it's already an eight-year-old design so if you buy the SD now and use it for five years, by the time you get your next <laughs> you upgrade, you'll the, be using a phone that looks like it's 13 having, years uh, old. installed above their front door, which I wasn't aware of until right before we started the show. But um, do we think that the conversation was people still love touch <laughs> so, so much that we just shouldn't bother changing it? Well, or this is what, like, we this don't is what uh, I, I wish I'd written down the line uh, that that she used on the night, but it was something right. like the convenience of touch ID. So it was, again, I'm sure we'll come back to this point, but it's selling mm. old features with new benefits. You know, yeah. how is touch ID more convenient than a touchless uh, authentication yeah. system, which is face ID? I mean, obviously, uh, Apple has another mini iPhone called the iPhone 13 mini, which is in the range at the moment. Uh, so you can obviously directly compare what a what an up-to-date modern mini uh, mm. iPhone would look like, although, of course, it is more expensive, a lot more expensive. Yeah. But I, I think that's the problem they've got, is the minis. I think they've... It, it's a hole they've dug for themselves with the way they set the features for the first SE. Um, which is that part of the appeal was it's small, part of the appeal is it's is it's cheap, and they decided put in the latest chipset to keep it powerful and, and guarantee longevity, yeah. and throw in these nice to haves like wireless charging and waterproofing that you don't get at other phones at that price. The problem they've got now is they then look at it this year and say, you know, maybe they're having that conversation and they say maybe it's time to update the design, maybe it's time to go for that notch for the the face ID, all of that. All of a sudden, they're trying to put out a phone that looks like an iPhone 13 mini, has the iPhone 13 mini chipset, has the same waterproofing and wireless charging as the iPhone 13 mini. Yeah. And all you can really pull them apart on is the cameras at that point. It basically becomes an yeah. iPhone 13 mini for uh, two to three hundred pounds cheaper or dollars cheaper. And the cameras are worse. And they could keep the camera bad, but that's kind of all they could you know, because they committed to this idea that it would have waterproofing and wireless charging. And of course, they could have gone for the mini design and taken those out. But then everyone says, ah, oh, the new SD is worse than the last one. The last one had wireless charging and now they've removed it, you know. But I can see from their perspective, they didn't want to put out a phone that would will, kill the 12 point, mini and 13 kind of mini, like, which we already know aren't selling year, well anyway. Because the assumption is that the mini won't feature in the iPhone 14 series. Like that was... the, the yeah, the Indeed. 13 mini was already in progress when the, the sales so of the everyone seems to be agreed on that. Yeah. So they were like, okay, presumably Apple won't be doing a 14 mini. So in my head, it makes sense to have yeah. postponed this launch to next year with next year's chip. Yes, the design would be older, but like Apple at this point clearly has no scruples about that whole scenario. Yeah. So so even if they launched an A, what would we be on? 16? A6, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes more sense. It would be yeah, it's fifteen wise. now, yeah, so the next one would be the, sixteen. The, the issue you said, like partly as to why they've kept the design as it is and, and everything alongside the thirteen mini. Yeah, I feel like it would have been better placed next year, um, even though the design is already so mm. so old and the hardware layout is so so old and the specs beyond the processor are so so under the bar versus. Yeah. Um, I mean, the whole market as well that has expanded and improved dramatically since yeah. twenty twenty, even since twenty nineteen. The mid-range market was really where the fight was, I would say, in, in the mobile space, more so than the flagship. Um, yeah. And, you know, companies like Realme, who've already talked about Xiaomi and, and all the kind of main Chinese brands, have made that market a lot harder to be in. And obviously Apple is Apple, and they can kind of stand over that. But still, yeah, it will. Yeah. Frustratingly, yeah, it will sell. <laughs> and I'm sure this will sell, no matter what. You know, lots of people... A lot of the people defending the new one have pointed out that, well, the 2020 model that got many of the same criticisms, it sold incredibly well. It remains one of the best-selling phones in the world. Yeah. And yeah, I have no doubt. The problem there is it's it's a bit of a captive market. You know, that there's there's people out there who feel, for whatever reason, that they need to buy an iPhone. You know, that, that's the only phone they want to buy because it's all they know, because it's all it's what their friends have, because they're either Apple products or Apple products, whatever it is that's the reason for them. Um, and it's the only one that's there in that affordable space, if that's if that's what they want, if that's what they can afford. So they feel like that's the only option they have, and that's the problem. There, Apple's kind of bending these people over and, and being like, "Well, you know, you're going to buy it no matter what we hand you. So why should we bother yeah, making proven. it good? Because you'll buy it. <laughs> you'll, buy, you'll buy whatever yeah. slop we feed you. So 
you know, <laughs> cool, great. Like, the last one sold like gangbusters and it was awful, so why should we bother making a good one I this time? Basically, a, a rehash of the same article, which is about the um, the bias, the prejudice against the green bubble in chat. Like, iMessage is such a strong aspect of phone ownership in the US market. Yeah. Um, and I think, yeah, the the cheapest way to get that access holds weight in the US market in a way it doesn't really hold weight in other markets, I think. So yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. I think it that's holds... That's probably where it's it, going to sell so well. Absolutely. No, I was just going to say, I think it holds and weight in other markets as we pointed out lots well, of times. Because one of the, I'm sure sorry, that Jim, one can... of the biggest, well, I don't have the data, but the, one of the biggest markets for this cheap iPhone must be kids as well, like parents buying it for their kids because the kids oh, say, true. I want an iPhone. Right, I mean, yeah. I know this because I have a teenager and she won't use anything else because brand is all important. <laughs> and it doesn't, it literally doesn't matter yeah. what the hardware is like. And kids never complain about bad tech, it seems, unless it's really slow. Yep. And of course, the iPhone SE3 will not be slow because it's got that uh, fast chip in it. Um, but yeah, I think kids is a, is a big market for this. Parents go, right, you want an iPhone or I want you to have an iPhone because I use mm. an iPhone. I can maybe manage your screen time with, with screen time. And uh, there you go. That's the cheap iPhone. Just you have that one and they don't even pay outright for it. They yeah. just buy it on a contract, you know, just one payment. Done. Job done. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's fine. It you know there should be a cheap iPhone, and I'm I'm happy Apple make a cheap iPhone. And I mean, if we say cheap. No. This is four hundred dollars. It's not four hundred thirty dollars. It's not cheap. Cheap. You can go a lot cheaper, but by iPhone standards, it's cheap. Um, though less cheap than last time, but it could be a better cheaper. And the and the way they've they've balanced the specs to me just doesn't make sense because yeah, they make a lot of fuss that it's the exact same performance as the iPhone 13. But yeah, the guess what? Marks. That's more performance <laughs> than almost every phone user needs. It's certainly more performance than the average person buying this phone will need. So why not stick with the A13 or the A14, but upgrade the display? Because that is going to make much, a much, much, much bigger difference to the enjoyment of the average user. Because this is, you know, the thing to talk about here is it, it, it's very easy to get bogged down in uh, the, the aesthetics old fashioned. It looks dated and it does. And, yeah. you know, it's true. Man. But it also is the screen is only 720p and LCD and 60 hertz. That's just not good enough. Uh, the, the camera is a single 12 megapixel lens with a small sensor and a small lens There's and a no narrow mode. aperture. <laughs> like it's not a good camera. It was a good ha- camera in the iPhone 8 five years ago. And, and yes, there's yeah. no night mode. They're still artificially hamstringing it on a software level, yeah. purposefully keeping out features that it has the yeah. power to run. There's no night mode. There's also no cinematic mode, which was the big hype of the iPhone 13. You know, And I suspect there are other camera modes they're also keeping out that we'd have to get one to, to, to go check that. But no night mode is inexcusable because it, it's a feature that is used you know, all the time by people, widely liked. It's the key kind of battleground for camera performance these days. And they've already proven that there's no harm. They just choose not to. All the chips in new products, like the iPad range is always using like a previous generation A series chip and it's sold as the new hottest thing. Exactly. And I would much rather, provided it had the same level of software support, being a phone launching this year, I would much rather have had the same design, that's fine, but with an older A series chip, be it, yeah, 14 or 13, but with an improved camera with those features you just mentioned, and maybe at the very least OLED mm-hmm. display tech, like that would all bump up yeah. the resolution. Yeah. Either yeah. make it OLED or bump up the resolution. One of the two. Doesn't need to be high refresh. Obviously, yeah, yeah. it's Apple, you know, even the, the all the 13s aren't high refresh, so that's gonna be what it is. But either OLED or actual 1080p. I think that is that, that's got to be um, the weakest it's, feature and Apple does hide the technology behind madness. their marketing yeah. speak. So liquid retina means IPS, LCD. Exactly. Exactly. Suits. Yeah. It's, 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 no, this is, no, yeah, exactly. this is retina it is, HD, but it's not HD. It's well out of place <laughs> you know? on a phone at that price in 2022. And as you said before, if you look to what's available um, at that yep. price on Android, it's a different world. I mean, again, for whatever reason, if you have to buy an iPhone, it has to be an iPhone. It has to be at that price. That is your only option. But there are so many good options at that price in, in Android. Yeah, I mean, we were just talking earlier about the Realme 9 5G SE. And I mean, I haven't used that phone. Maybe it's rubbish. I don't know. But it has 140 or 40, 144 hertz display. 
And yeah, yeah. that's just going to be LCD. It's not AMOLED, but it's cheaper than the SE and has more than double the refresh rate. You could get with, 120 with hertz cameras, AMOLED right? for this price yeah. in, in the Android space, which is you know pretty much the ideal you're going to get. And you could get decent cameras. And this is the funny thing, I think, the camera one is what really interests me because I think the camera was a strength for the SE two years ago. It was only the one lens. You didn't get the sort of the option of an ultra wide and stuff like that. But actually, yeah. I always say I think more mid rangers should just focus on having one really good lens yeah. and not worry about fluffing it up with extra bad lenses on the back. So I don't see it's a big criticism that I only had one lens. And before it was like this is a decent lens powered by good computational photography because it's got Apple's algorithm and, and the latest chipset. Problem is the lens is an extra two years older. And yes, the chip is faster, but there are limits to what the computational stuff can do working with, with the old lenses. And the thing is, on the Android side, people have not been stagnant on their cameras in the mid-range. They have been improving dramatically. And the situation you have now, fundamentally, is that if you bought an average £400, $400 Android phone, you'd find exactly. that that main lens yeah. would probably be flagship level. At least in daytime, maybe not at night mode, it's low light performance, maybe wouldn't match the latest flagships. But in daytime, the main lens is probably on a par with flagship phones. And I don't believe that that would be the case with this. I can't see how it could yeah. be, given what we know about it. Again, also, we haven't tried it yet. Maybe the camera colors. will blow us away, they but I'm not colors from it. last SE, just three colors. Yeah, that's strange, isn't it? I feel like this is the cheap, fun yeah. phone in the iPhone range. Absolutely, make it in all the colors. It, I know yep. they. I guess again, they probably already know it's going to sell like hotcakes, so they're at the try. But I wish they'd tried a bit in, and even just colors would have been something. Yep. And you know, if they'd done like a range of six colors, like they've done with previous numbered phones, yeah, would have been. Yeah. Huh. Ah, love this. Yeah, C. back when we had the the C phones that you know were like these like cheap and color. You know, Apple used to do good affordable phones. I liked the way it approached those before. I still always yep. remember the the ten R. I think was a fantastic phone for the price it hit, where it wasn't oh, yeah. trying to be this cheap, but trying to be a bit cheaper than its flagships, but retain the core design elements yeah. and the camera quality dropped a bit, but it was still decent. And that was a really good balance of what they could offer and, and give someone something that felt like a modern new iPhone, but dropped down on the really high level exactly. bells and whistles yeah. that, that would drive someone towards the proper flagship model. And why don't they do that with this, with the SE? It, it genuinely feels a bit insulting to their customer base that they're kind of like, yeah, I do think there's an element of they'll buy it, whatever we do. So just because they you know, can, they sh it doesn't really matter what we is, do. I guess how I feel about it. Like it just, it feels like an insult. Like, yeah, I feel exactly. like so many people are going to buy this phone, not realizing yeah. just how behind the curve it is aside yeah. from performance. We said this, yeah, we said this yeah. on the night, actually, when we were exactly. watching it be announced and we were thinking you know people <laughs> are going to buy again. this and then realize oh wow why does this look like the iphone 6 i used to have why does yeah. it have the same screen as the iphone 8 you know yeah. what, where's the new stuff okay it's got some some new yeah. bits in it but this feels like you know dare i say a ripoff yeah for a brand that pushes how much it like cares for its customers and builds products for its customers this one doesn't feel like that it feels like an insult which i think is something you touched on in your yeah. opinion piece Dom. Yeah, you know, I, I do think it's just, it's, I, do, I think most listeners will probably know I would not consider myself an Apple fan particularly, but exactly. I do think That's the people who are Apple fans, it? like, they deserve better than this. This is, th there's no reason there shouldn't be an affordable iPhone with up-to-date specs and, and all of that, but Apple should make one that respects the fact that their customers can go elsewhere rather than kind of assuming their loyalty this feels like a phone that's been made from that vantage point of we know you'll buy it anyway so we don't care it yeah. just kind of it's taking its customers for granted that's what it is it's really just being like you're there you're going to buy whatever we do so it doesn't matter and i think at some point you know you, you that's the kind of decision making that always precipitates a downfall for, for companies at least in specific products or segments because there's a point where people will realize they're being taken for granted and and you know it was interesting jim your point about you know someone like your daughter being wanting any apple product and i get that and the se will will serve that niche for a lot of people but equally i wonder how many people will get it and be like well hang on but this looks yes. nothing like the other iphones like everyone will see i've got the cheap iphone i've got the old iphone i've got the bad iphone you want one that looks like the others and fits in so that 
when people see it, they don't know mm. if you've got the four hundred dollar one or I, the twelve hundred dollar one. They year, just know you've got an iPhone. There's these rumors right? that there won't be an iPhone fourteen mini. Whether Apple would choose next year to be the year where they bring, the, mm. they obviously have the tooling and everything, so they can make a cheaper version of the iPhone thirteen mini. Yeah. And maybe they'll cut it down. Maybe they'll put some cheaper cameras on the back. Maybe they'll remove this and that. Um, and and maybe that will be the iPhone SE. Yeah the new iPhone SE next year. Yeah. There, there has been talk that they are working on an SE with, with that form factor. And I think they, ha they have to do it eventually. Obviously, at some point, that there's yeah. a, there has to be a point where they stop you putting this form factor out. Um, but, yeah, I don't know if it'll be next year or the year after. We've obviously had a two-year gap since the last SE, so I kind of wonder if we'll have another two-year cycle. Before we see them on that two year cadence jump. as well, talking about like people who aren't but, as maybe yeah. um, fussed by the technical like abilities of the phone. The fact they've established this two year cadence, you could totally see people who had the 2020 SE picking this one, thinking it's an upgrade. Yeah. And then with performance being the only tangible difference, they'll yes. realize, oh, hang on, the camera, like nothing else feels new. Nothing else has changed except the yeah. chip, and and to be fair, a slightly bigger battery. Apparently, um, the Apple's quoting I think that's two hours improved yeah. battery life, which is good. But to be fair, that's an improvement <laughs> yeah, on what exactly. was by f one of the big weaknesses before, and it's still curiously, it's still below the battery life wow. of the yeah, thirteen that mini. Is strange, isn't it? Which is interesting because the thirteen is mini the is a smaller phone is using the same chip. Hungry? Like that doesn't seem to make sense. That's the only thing. Strange, I can think of. so might be something like that. I'm not sure. So yeah, don't don't know, don't know where how that works. Yes, it there's no obvious. Re you'd think this should have a better battery life. And again, that's one. It's one of the funny things because on the Android side, that's what you see. If you buy a budget, if you buy a phone at this price, yeah. it will probably last you two days, pretty comfortably. That's just how we see it on the Android yeah. side. Yeah. The the lower power, you know, chips tend to be very power efficient. And you can usually get great battery life on a, on a budget or mid-range Android device. And it's the big headache of the flagships is that it drops off. Apple's got the inverse. The, the flagships now have great battery life. And their, their mid-ranger looks like it's better than before, but probably still yeah, not competitive with the Android space on, on battery at least. bashing of the iPhone SE. <laughs> well, I was going to ask, like, I could totally still see myself <laughs> yeah. recommending this to certain people, which is, that kind of frustrates me, but... At the same time, yeah, people who don't want to pay a lot of money for an iPhone. Mm. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I, 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 for me, it genuinely is the person who has to have an iPhone. Like, yeah. hundred percent, that's locked in. They will not buy any other phone, and they literally yeah. cannot stretch their budget another hundred dollars higher. And th there will be people there, so that I don't, I don't want to knock that group. But if you could stretch a hundred dollars right. higher, you can buy the iPhone eleven. So I would tell the person who can find that bit more money in their wallet, like buy the 11 if you can. It's not a big price jump because they've dropped the 11 price down. And yes, it's a couple years older and that will slightly affect how many years of software support it gets or something. But the design obviously is going to be a lot better. The display is a lot better. The camera is going to be a lot better. You'll probably <laughs> still, still get another four years of software updates out of an 11. And of course, point, for, which is for still a, like, amazing. We don't know the contract prices yet, so, maybe. Um, but I'm sure that because so many people still buy under contract, they don't buy outright. The difference yeah. in price between the new SE and the iPhone 11 mm. can't can't be that much, can it? So it, the obvious it could be a couple quid a month advice or something. For, for anyone listening yeah. here is go for the go for the iPhone yeah. 11. Yeah. Yeah, um, sure. the only downside yeah. there would yeah. be it won't if be 5G. 5G. So that is the the only caveat yeah. on that one. Depends how much you care about 5G. But I I still having had 5G for a year and a half, no, I, it really has hasn't. not materially improved my life in any way, shape, or form. So I wouldn't worry about that one. <laughs> okay, let's move on to slightly happier things. Uh, the iPad Air yeah. has I think had a decent improvement here. It's I guess one in a way the iPad Air. Similarly to the SE, there's nothing radical here in terms of the changes they've made. But the changes they have made, I think, make a lot more sense. So new iPad Air, um, it has made the jump to the M1 chipset, which should mean a big performance boost compared to the last model. It also means this uh, now has 5G, like the SE does. So it, I, I think, think so, that means yeah. all of the iPads have a 5G option. Or maybe, maybe not the base iPad, I'm not sure. I've lost track now, but... 
Um, certainly this one is now 5G. And then it's had a couple other little upgrades, like it now has the center stage camera option and some new colors. And most exciting of all, Ooh. a slightly faster USB-C port, which I think is the big reason to make the leap. If if you're on an old iPad Air, then <laughs> throw that sucker away because your USB-C port is trash and the new one is better. I mean... Uh, yeah, we we. Yeah, I think I, the iPad I like to look at this. Aired, was it 2020? Was the last one? Is that right? That feels right. Um, the last version of the Air, I think, still sits at the top yeah, as I our best so. overall tablet of choice in like our charts and stuff on TechAdvisor because yeah, it's just it it yep. got everything, almost everything right. So yeah, just this just seems like a very considered logical upgrade that is going to just do super well again. Kind of like the SE, it's like it's a it's a no brainer upgrade. Um, on Apple's side. Uh, yeah, and I think that's a great shout. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's hard to fault many of the decisions yes. Apple makes with its iPads. Uh, it's in the funny position where it can push out an upgrade like this that only has three meaningful changes to it or yeah, something, cool. and we're all just like, "Yeah, great, perfect." Because the thing is, they don't have that many other areas to improve things. They're, you know, they did the big redesign yeah. last time, yeah. and it looks great. This time they've added some new colors. They're really nice. I, obviously, I love the purple, but they are, in, in general, it's a nice range of color options. But yeah, they can make little tweaks to, to the selfie camera. It's obviously center stage has been a big a big push for them, and that will go down well. Upgrade the chipset, throw in 5G. Like, yeah, fine. There's nothing else they need to fix. It's, it's great, and it's still broadly better yeah, than yeah. whatever Android you would buy at that price. I guess the base Tab S8 would be the... The Android rival is forever the problem. around the same price point. It's just such little that, that Apple has to worry about in the tablet space in terms of rivals. Like you're either looking at full fledged yeah. Windows, you know, two and ones like the Surface range, or you're looking at the best of Android, which really is just Samsung's Galaxy Tab range. Maybe now Xiaomi might have something like having yeah. re-entered the market last year. I think it was. But there are a few yet. coming, aren't there? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're going to see more because. Yeah, yeah, we we know we've just had the Oppo Pad. Uh, we we've got. Yeah, we know Vivo is working on one, or at least heavily rumored to be. So I, I think we are going to see more competition here, but most of them are starting at the cheap end of the market anyway. So even as it is, it's still mostly Samsung up at this kind of iPad Air. It's a, it's an interesting price point, really. Sorry, I mean I know it's I an thought, interesting one because at the yeah. very cheap end, of course, Amazon has the market cornered for tablets, um, and then you know, yep. Xiaomi, Oppo, others are going to be playing in that sort of mid space, um, possibly you know, in line with the cheaper cheaper iPads. But um, Apple does iPads so well, does tablets so well that I think most people and the advice would be just go and buy an iPad because I mean we talked a bit about Android L. A uh, 12L earlier, uh, but one of the biggest problems with Android on tablets historically mm. has been that apps aren't optimized for it. The actual experience, it's not bad, but it's nowhere near as good as an yeah. iPad. Totally, and that—that's. I think the software is going to have to drive it, and I, I guess we have to hope the combination of 12L launching and new companies moving into the tablet market is enough to push a more app developers to optimize for tablets. And be Google and yeah. all the OEMs to keep working at it and keep plugging away at improving this experience, because that does remain the big headache. We we did a video on the channel last year where I compared the Xiaomi Pad Five to the base iPad because they come in at pretty much the same price. And the Xiaomi Pad Five beat it spec for spec. I, I think it was one or two physical specs where the iPad won, but nine times out of ten, the Xiaomi was hardware-wise the superior product at the same price. But you kind of get to the software and you say, well. Yeah, the, the Xiaomi yeah. one's fine. It's okay. But it's now iPad OS and it is this headache where so much of this stuff always comes down to ecosystem, right? You tell you tell someone who uses Apple stuff to stick with Apple stuff and vice versa. But the tablets are the exception where even if someone is a Windows computer user and an Android phone user and they say, oh, I want to buy a tablet, I'd probably still say start with the iPads, see if any of them appeal. I know it doesn't link up with anything else you use, but it's still a better experience than you'll get with a you know in theory more compatible android and windows with with all the web services these days you can you can pretty much make it work yeah okay icloud isn't going to work very nicely with your windows 
or I mean, definitely not Android, but you, you know, it's worth the compromise for sure. Mm. The I think the challenge for me in terms of you know, if you're getting a media tablet, then you can get a pretty functional Android tablet that does not cost a lot. If you want to do anything a bit more specialist or a bit more demanding, that yep. tablet form factors are well suited to, namely stylus-driven stuff like Apple Pencil experiences. Exactly. I was yep. just going to mention that because even the yeah. base iPad now supports that, doesn't it? Exactly. So exactly. It whereas, has now. you know, a few years ago, you couldn't use a pencil on yeah. on the cheapest iPad. That was a pro feature, yep. but Apple bringing it down to the entirety of the range just means that more developers are going to be willing to develop for iOS or iPadOS, excuse me. Yes. The My hope, though, is that the work that those developers have done to optimize for Apple Pencil is transferable, at least in part, to the Android space as well. So mm. Apple building out the creative ecosystem for tablet experiences might better support the probability of better app experiences on Android tablets. That's my hope. <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's also worth saying while we're on the stylus, I, I don't want to give too much airtime to brands <laughs> sassing each other on Twitter, but the Samsung US Twitter account pointed out during the stream that for about the same price, the Tab S8 ships with yeah, an Yeah, all right, Samsung. Like, Apple charges you another 100 yeah. to buy the Apple Pencil. So it is one of the funny things with Apple that as soon as you start, that this yeah. isn't a cheap tablet. And once you start thinking about the use cases, it gets a lot more expensive. Because if you are going to sell it on the stylus, well, that $600 price point is really 700 If you want to throw in, if you're going to sell it as a laptop replacement, you also need the keyboard case. If you get the regular one, that's 100 If you want the magic one, it's like, <laughs> yeah, what, 300 yeah. or something right. stupid? So and suddenly you're spending a grand well, on this that, thing you know, to get a keyboard and the, stylus. The cheapest model only has a small amount of storage. Yeah. So if you want to go, the only other option is yep. 256 gig. Um, and that's up from 64, right? Up from 64. And that is a lot more expensive. Um, so really, this isn't a cheap iPad at all. Once you've added in the keyboard, the stylus, the no. extra RAM, you're talking about the best part of a grand. And, and that's part of the problem with the way Apple... I, I, a bit of a grievance with the way they were marketing it last night, which is they were making a lot of comparisons to laptops. And more than ever, I mean, for an air at least, this felt like the pitch was laptop replacement. And I get that. But all of their comparisons, obviously they're going to fudge the numbers, were as favorable as they could be. It's sort of, ah, it's way thinner and lighter than a Windows laptop at the same price. It's sort of like, well, yeah, but the $600 Windows laptop comes with a keyboard. <laughs> So if you want to factor in the keyboard costs, suddenly you're going to a higher tier of Windows laptop. And guess what? Those ones are, aren't as thick and chunky as the cheap ones you're comparing to. And they do the same, you know, with the M1, it's three times the power of any comparable Windows laptop. And again, it's like, all right, yeah, well, the, once you factor in all the bits you've got to buy to make this a yeah. laptop replacement, so then the tier of the caliber of the competition has changed. And guess what? the Windows ones don't look as shabby as they do in that first comparison. And that's not to dismiss the fact that the M1 is incredibly powerful and it will probably still be more powerful than the comparable Windows laptops. And this will be thinner and lighter than the comparable yeah. Windows laptops. But you just got to be a bit careful with the way they are massaging the figures around its positioning as a laptop replacement while always talking about the pricing for just a tablet, no stylus, no keyboard, barely any storage. And you've got to think, well, hang on. Once you get the spec you would want to buy, now what laptops are you comparing it against? Because they're probably going to start looking a bit better. Do we also think the Air, the main differentiation between like the Air and the regular iPad, base iPad, will be that's where the M series mm. chips stop? So you'll always get an A series chip in an iPad, right? Yeah. It's got like, to be, surely. So. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how else they, they differentiate them. Well, but now that they're bringing 5G to all of them, stylus yeah. to all of them, I mean, they're already hitting the problem here where if I see this as a problem for Apple, it's this feels like it will pull a lot of people away from the lower end pro models because a lot of people who were maybe on the fence about pros but were consumers wanting to buy something that felt powerful and had style yeah. of support and that kind of thing. More than ever, you would look at the air and say, that does everything I need it to. I don't need the one. That was exactly the, the thought actually. I had before we came on air. You know, I was looking at it and looking at, thinking about the whole range and just thinking, well, this does present a bit of a problem because although it is nice to have it as that mid-range model, 
surely it will cannibalize mm. sales of the, the cheaper pros because people will say, well, do I really need the pro then? Do I need to spend the extra when this seems to have everything I need? I yeah. mean, I don't think a lot of people are going to go, oh, I won't buy a laptop. Instead, I'll buy the iPad Air. You know, I, I don't yeah. like this this sort of rhetoric about a laptop replacement has been talked about for far too long. And I think we can accept that tablets are a category of device, you know, on their own, like the original yeah. iPad was when it first launched. And we don't have to say, of course, Apple will continue to say it, but we don't have to say, look, this will replace your, your laptop. You know, it doesn't have to. It's a different yeah. device. I think, I think the headache they have is that when you're pitching to consumers, tablets fall into either media device or laptop replacement. And if you're pitching it as media device, you've got to pitch why this one is better than the entry level. That is true. Which it broadly isn't. You know, if you if you just want something to watch Netflix on, buy the cheap one. You know, that's that's fine. You just do not need. You don't need an M1 chip yeah. to watch Netflix, right? Um, so they have to kind of justify, well, why does this performance matter? Well, it's because you're doing all this demanding stuff. And then people say, well, I'm not going to do that while poking around on the touchscreen. I'm only doing demanding work when I've got a keyboard and a mouse. And then they suddenly you, they're trapped in. It's a laptop replacement. And, I think I think the um, same argument applies. Though, you, know, you still don't need the more expensive model. You could still just have a keyboard with your cheap iPad and do the same stuff. I mean, probably. And then I do wonder if, if Apple... In a way, circling back to that point I made earlier on about how they don't have to change too much in the iPads anymore. They're so refined, there's not that much room for improvement. I wonder if in the same way they're going to run into problems with their whole iPad product line of just having yep. too many products across too many prices that fundamentally are now looking very yes. similar to one another. And that's not a criticism of the products. So they're great. It's just I don't know where they – I don't fully know how they really differentiate these things. And I don't know where they kind of draw the lines on on who should buy each one because, yeah, for a lot of these, I would just kind of skew people towards the cheaper uh, models. At this point, I'm sure there's a whole swathe of consumers, though, who would just be going in the Apple Store or, or online, and especially in-store, actually, just on the colors available. So obviously the Air has the purple, for example. Like, yes, it's going to help. Definitely, there's definitely, a, a, I think, a type yeah. of Apple consumer that would absolutely totally. make the decision based on that. Like, yeah. I remember when You're the, not wrong. the pink iPhone 7 or 7 Pro came out, which came out, I think, separately from the rest of the yeah. range. And, yeah, I asked my colleague who wasn't a, a journalist. She was on the on the finance side. Uh, and I asked, you know, oh, you know, did you know about this and this? And she's like, no, I had no idea it had all these extra features. She just bought it because of the pink color. Um, and it was a mm. good pink color. But, you know... For a decision yeah. that expensive, that blows my mind. But there are clearly customers out there who are happy to just fork out for that finish. Yeah, totally. That's a good purple. It's a very good fairness. purple. Again, I can see going for it on the like, strength you, of the purple. You want more green tech? I think I'm here for the purple tech. I love purple tech. <laughs> I, I love. I want. I want all my tech to be purple yeah. and green. Um, you know, a strong like Batman villain nice. color scheme is, is what hey. I'm settling in for. Uh, <laughs> wait for the brand integration uh, okay <laughs> so we like the ipad air a bit more than we like the iphone se i think it's fair to say what do we think of the mac studio this is um essentially a not so mini mac mini it's a little desktop pc box that is not as little as the other little desktop pc box that they make but it's still much littler than most windows desktop pc boxes and is and a comically powerful. Is the <laughs> only the way size, I know how to describe yeah, it. Yeah, it is. Like yeah. They were throwing out, it's... you know, uh, Mac Pro comparisons. And yes, that machine is a few years old at this point, but still, like, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, it's and very cool. Very, very gave cool. gave us the introduction of the M1 Ultra, which in the M series, there was M1 and then there was M1... Pro? What's the one above? Uh, M1 Pro sorry, M1, M1 Max. Max. Is it M1 yeah, so Max? There's, yeah. there's one Pro and Max. Now there's Ultra, yeah. but if you look at even the diagram, kind of shows it as it is. It's effectively two and one Maxes stuck together. Um, they they basically talked about the fact they had this secret <laughs> thing on the M1 Max chip that they didn't tell anyone when they launched the chip, but it has basically an interface along one edge where you can fuse two chips together with an extra strip of connectivity. Solar tape. 
Yeah. Ultra Fusion is the, the branding they gave it. But yeah, basically some sellotape that lets you stick two on one match together <laughs> and you can get, you know, twice the um, uh, unified memory, which is something that the M series introduced, you know, uh, yep. up to 128 gigs. Um, and, you know, insane <laughs> figures of GPU performance, neural core performance. Like, they're just, it's a lot of silicon. I don't is know it, what the power demands are. Is it fair to say this isn't really a consumer product? I think the studio name itself implies uh, yeah. its kind of focus and intent. Yeah. And they even had a little video after they'd kind of gone through all the specs and hardware during the perform- their presentation, showing it in music studios. You know, Macs have always been seen... Uh, usually the pros seen as this like production equipment yeah. uh, in, in film and music. Yeah. Sure. Um, so the, the name, I guess, is just like, this is the tool for you. Yeah. Like, you don't necessarily need the pro. It does make me question who the pro is for now, except unless you need some very, very specific um, adapt like the adaptability of the pro's form factor. But that's, yeah, that's it. This is what I was wondering, mm. especially with them... Um obviously teasing at the end of the stream that they will be updating the pro because i was sitting there wondering and well maybe we'd all thought it was the mac mini replacement and it's not but i thought oh maybe this is the pro replacement you know why do a pro anymore when this exists they they feel like they're going for the exact same market but yeah i mean this clearly not a consumer device it's a desktop pc that starts at two thousand dollars and doesn't play games (laughs) so I don't know what consumer buys that. No, yeah, it is but. for studios. The name is the name yeah. is apt. There's, you know, it's it's just an interesting product, isn't it? Because of all the stuff yeah. we just talked about. Um, totally. So it, it's a cool thing. Um, just like in, not, not many people are going to buy one. Yeah, it's funny the rumors were all around. Like, oh, they're going to introduce. You know, the issue with the Mac Mini because there's the Intel one which you could still buy, and then the M1 based one. But the issue with the M1 based one is that you lose some of the ports, some of the I/O. Yeah, this thing is loaded with ports. Yeah. So like. They they succeeded in giving users a Mac Mini type device with more ports, mm. but in doing so, you have to pay at least two thousand dollars <laughs> for the privilege. Um, but yeah, it's like it's got. Well, I should say the two thousand dollar price tag is uh, and pound is tied to the M1 Max. Yeah, model. that's not the Ultra one. It jumps the Ultra up. Starts, that's twice yeah. the price. Well, I did find a fun thing. If you go on Apple's website and you're specking up a Mac Studio, if you click in, immediately on an M1 Ultra model. The base price is three nine nine nine. Yeah. If you go into the M1 Max model and then you choose to upgrade to an Ultra, I'm doing you can this right pick, now. Yeah, you can actually pick the lower hard drive capacity, which you can't do. So the baseline, if you go straight in on the oh, M1 Ultra, yeah. is a terabyte. But you can have an M1 Ultra powered Max Studio with a five twelve gigabyte SSD if you want, and save yourself two hundred dollars. Which is so that would make it three seven uh, three thousand eight hundred. Yeah, yeah right. bargain. Suddenly, I, d- I didn't you know, actually. I'm sorry. The steel. I'm just looking at it now. I didn't realise there were two M1 Ultra models. Um, one mm. of them's got the 48 core GPU. The other one's exactly. got the 64. Mm. You may have just said this while I was looking, but no, I didn't. It, I didn't. It is. Yes. It is a thousand thousand dollars, thousand pounds more for those extra so, cores. So if you yeah. if you spec it up with a hundred uh, twenty eight gig of <laughs> RAM, eight yeah. gig of uh, SS, eight terabytes. Eight, did I say eight gig? Eight terabytes of storage. It, yeah. beca- it becomes eight grand. Yeah, <laughs> for a box, and that's no screen, no keyboard. No, no. And we yeah. haven't got to the screen yet, so of course yeah. we'll we'll talk about the screen. Yeah, they they did also showcase the studio display, which is nice because right now, if you wanted Apple's best display, it was the mm. was it the something reality XDR, whatever it's called, which is yeah. an insane screen. I don't know what it's display, called. No, it is but insane, it is nuts. Though. Yeah, this is a little bit more approachable. It's still a lot of money, though. It's a, I think it's like $15.99, £14.99. Yeah. Um, and it's a 27-inch uh, monitor. with has a bit of I.O. It's got a Thunderbolt 3 port, three USB-C ports. Um, it can charge a 14-inch MacBook Pro because it's got 96 watts out from that Thunderbolt port, which is pretty nice. Um, you can pair it with... A Visa mount, it comes with a tilting mount as standard, or if you want to pay a bit more, you can get a tilting and height adjustable mount. But that itself is like an extra $400 or something crazy. It's like the cast is on the Mac Pro. Like, it's the same thing they've done there. It's always the way. Uh, Oh, and you can get the nano-coating anti-reflective technology. So that's, that's what, another 250 or something? Yeah, about that, yeah. So, yeah, it's a very high-end display. Again, they're intending it, you know, you understand, again, with the branding, it's going to be in those same spaces. Uh, it did also kind of lay to rest ex- expectations about a new 27-inch iMac um, because mm. they've done this. So I don't know if that's 
like solidly like rules out a new 27 inch iMac 27 inch is quite big I think it does. I, I think yeah. that and delisting the 27 for the moment and not including it in the image of the Mac family. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Where they where they mentioned because they made a mention, you know, they showed the Mac family, which does still include the Mac mini. And that seems to be the confirmation that the Mac mini is not replaced by the studio, obviously. Yeah. Um, and they mentioned the Mac Pro would be getting an upgrade, but no sign of the 27 inch. Mm. I mean, especially think because the, the, the now 24 is you know, was the 21, it now actually has moved into the mid space of the two sizes they used to do. I, I, you know, the 27 inch wouldn't even be a 27 inch now. It would be a 30 inch. Yeah. True. With the, with the bezels Fleming. And, and again, as a consumer product, it just, that just doesn't make a lot of sense. No. Yeah. I can um, imagine that people are only really going to buy the 24. For the, for, yeah, for, for most home users, the 24 inch is a much better size. Makes yeah. way more sense. Also but, fun colors. And, yeah, and exactly. Colors. Yeah, Apple did introduce a. a, They paired a new was it Magic Keyboard, mouse, and and trackpad option, but Mm. they just look like the old old one that they kind of retired when they introduced the colored iMacs. Yeah, which is black keys, silver, bare aluminium surround. They look fine. They're just like the old ones. The 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 Magic Mouse is still stupid. It charges from the bottom and all of that. (laughs) Does it? I didn't notice. It does. Yeah, it's still it's still underneath charging. I thought by now they would have addressed that. They got so much flack for that like five years ago when they introduced it. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. That's still how it works. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty wild. Same. They've not felt the pressure to to no. amend that. Same same problem Clearly. as with the iPhone SE, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like people are going to buy it, They're so yeah. still yeah. going to buy it. We don't um, need to fix in- it. Yeah, the interesting I'm surprised thing, they like, don't have a Magic Mouse Pro that has a charging port on the front. Oh, you know, it'll <laughs> you know. be it'll be a trackball mouse where the the ball is on top, like, oh. like something crazy. But they'll say it's new tech. It'll be like an aluminium. Sphere, that's like, right. Almost. Never seen before. Yeah, no, no, yeah, no, no, exactly. No. Um, uh, the weird thing, actually, I did uh, think was that the the studio display does include an A13. I think it is Bionic chip. Oh, does it? So, so the absolute yeah, monitor does. Wow. Which I think is explicitly for center stage to function because the camera is the first time a Mac experience can offer uh, center yeah. stage. That's right. It's got 12 meg ultra wide that can do yeah. the panning and cropping and following. Of three the mics, six speakers. Yeah, three yeah. mics, six speakers, yeah. four woofers, two tweeters. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah, cool. <laughs> cool. It's, yeah, 1500 pounds display. Yeah. Like it's, it's good for 1500 pounds. You know, it, it is very good. I don't know the monitor market well enough to know whether that's a good deal. I just assumed it was characteristically Apple expensive, but maybe that, I mean, monitors you know, can be very I expensive. Like. I mean, I, sure. you know, yeah. you, I'm thinking uh, I'm, from my PC background, I'm thinking of my ultra wide monitors, curved monitors, sure. let's say gaming monitors with high refresh rates. I don't know what the refresh rate on this is, but we're not really, they didn't, it's it's a P three Y color gamut. It's not really for high refresh rate stuff. Yeah. Five, it must be sixty. Yeah, it's more yeah. more HDR, isn't it? So yeah, I think color accuracy yeah. is is kind of what they yeah. they pitch it's, as the main kind of. I'm sure it's more for video editing than gaming. Yeah, it's not for gaming. Yeah. it's not for gaming. No. I, I, I mean, I definitely think if someone put out broadly the spec monitor for Windows PCs, it would be twelve hundred rather than sixteen hundred. Exactly. But, yeah. You know, it would still be over a grand, especially once you factor in the fact that it has the built-in webcam and the speakers. And, and the speakers, And they'll yeah, be good speakers, yeah. I presume, rather than rubbish ones, because yeah. it's Apple, they won't put yeah. in bad ones. So exactly. yeah. things like that. It's I got think spatial audio, actually. Right, speakers, yeah. So that's, that's right, cool. they did say that it supports spatial mm. audio as well. I'd be very mm. interested to hear it, actually. Yeah, from what is essentially a panel, like a speaker module that's only this big. Yeah, yeah. because it is still... How bit, does that work? You know, we know, we know how iPads sound to their thing. Yeah. But then again, we know how how good the i uh, the MacBook uh, MacBook speakers are, MacBook Pro speakers yeah. are. Unlike the iPad Air, which I think we all kind of, as much as we like it as a product, is hard to fit into the range in a mm. clearly defined way. I feel like the Studio has a bit more going for it. The lines are blurring with the Pro, in a way that maybe will be tri- tricky for some as a creative tool, but I think the studio still has its own place. I don't know how, how, the Mac studio, how do you guys feel it, about it? It certainly does for now, while the Pro hasn't had the M1 upgrade. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, right now it is the high-end desktop Mac to go for if you're buying it for professional purposes and have thousands to spend. How long that lasts once the M1... Well, I mean, we don't know what they're going to do with the next Mac Pro, right? But, you know, once once that comes along, we'll That's have true. to see how they... How they line up nicely, but for now, certainly, yeah, it has its space, which is it is 
in the same way that the MacBook Pros are killing it as that pro laptop space, this will be the new. It, it clearly is is the pro desktop to get on on the Apple side, and and a, a very expensive, but for the power it's offering, it, I don't doesn't yeah. seem obviously silly other than that classic apple way that upgrading storage and stuff becomes ruinous you know (laughs) the base model pricing is sensible but once you start adding more in they they really rip you off so the eight grand is not good value it doesn't offer you eight grand's worth of value but you know the the ones at the lower tiers for for the people in industries that need this stuff yeah sure yeah, good luck finding a machine that size. Exactly, that especially with the size. Well, like, right. This is this yeah. is the point because they were saying you know it'll fit under just about any screen. Obviously, you don't have to buy the studio screen with it. It will fit under yeah. whatever screen you already have. It's quiet. You're not going to hear it. Yeah. It's just going to sort of seamlessly blend into your studio. Yeah, I guess one thing that Mac Minis are kind of known for in certain situations in IT is on like on racks basically just having banks and banks of mac minis which i don't yeah. think the studio can really i think that's facilitate in the same part, way it's not the right use case. no that, that seems to me again another part of the argument for why the mini isn't going anywhere is because right. apple wants to you know there's been a lot of discussion of that of that they're a bit stuck with the mini in a way because they can't change the form factor too much because all those big industry clients who have racks of uh, racks of them that's it as soon as you yeah. shift the space then they lose all the compatibility and well, they might then start looking at what their options are elsewhere. Where as long as you keep the size the same, they'll just always keep slotting in new Mac minis once you give them the spec boost. So, you know. I think that's why the Intel one hangs around as well. Why the Intel Mac mini is still there because of that compatibility. Yes, I do wonder if that's the only reason they're still, it's one of the last few Intel CPUs on the Apple store, that one. Yeah. Yeah. I did look because I wondered after this if that might go. If, if, because it's it's the top spec Mac mini, it's an i9 and I kind of thought as the studio killed finally killed the i9 mac mini but now it's still oh. there right telling i think yeah. that is very telling cool well i think that will cover us for this week um lots of of interesting apple bits and now we get to go back to waiting another six months till they do anything else um actually i guess no it'll be wwdc in the WWDC, summer. Yeah. so we'll get yeah. we'll get yeah. exciting we'll apple things in a few months about ios 16 and things yes yeah um and maybe AR glasses. I don't, I, I'll be honest, I still don't understand the naming of this event. Peak performance, spelt like peak looking at something. Oh, I don't know yeah. what product here warranted that pun. I, I, was, it, was it just the studio? Was it the, was it the M1 Max? I mean, studio display, the peak could be the display and the performance is the M1 Ultra. Like that, that is the most... I'd I'd actually forgotten about the name of the event and hadn't really (laughs) questioned it, but you're right. Maybe it's some sort of incredibly niche bit of baseball terminology. Uh, Oh my goodness. (laughs) That that would be great. When they tap the cap or something. Peaking, yeah. Who knows? All those baseball listeners in the... Maybe someone (laughs) tell us in the comments. Yeah, please educate us. Please tell us. Uh, so yeah, who knows? Who knows if that was peak performance or not? But it certainly does look like peak performance in the correctly spelled sense. Um, we will be back next week to talk about the Xiaomi 12 global launch. So we'll find out how much Xiaomi uh, is going to be charging for that and, and what we're going to see from the global versions of those phones because you never know they might be a little bit different. And yeah, we'll see what else the tech world brings us over the next seven days. So bye for now. Um, Thank you to Toddy and Jim for joining me. And thank you to all of you guys for watching and listening. And as always, like and subscribe, blah, blah, blah. You know the drill. Thanks. Bye. See you. Bye. Bye.